Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, leaping into Sam Jackson's arms, it's Arturo Zarita. It was a mistimed sip. Yes, <laughs> it was. Uh, no, I was rewatching the Oscars because I was editing a video for it for the Let Me Explain, and that scene. Because I was behind yesterday. That was the thing that like. So this is the podcast where I disclose little little small things about the Oscars since I'm only gonna talk about the Oscars. On Let Me Explain, I don't get to talk about my Oscar watching experience. Hey, I'm in Denver. Good. Yeah. So you got this because I said it in the group chat. I was like, <laughs> guys. Uh, so it turns out, AFC, A, uh, ABC has restrictions. In Denver, Colorado? Yeah, uh, something that I'm not aware about as not a citizen of Denver, Colorado, but you couldn't watch the Oscars live. I couldn't watch the Oscars live. I couldn't go into Xfinity. I couldn't even sign up for a YouTube, Hulu, or DirecTV account. Because even if I did and I paid it in full, ABC was not an option in the package. Weird. So this is the one night, the Super Bowl that we're waiting for, right? I'm just getting ready to relax over here. I ordered some biscuits. Everything was great. And all of a sudden, I'm stuck here looking for YouTube rips that were in reverse, and they had to have a beep, 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 to not get copywritten. Uh, Twitch ended up being the savior, believe it or not. Uh, after going through Facebook and everything, Twitch ended up being the one that had it there. And again, it had nothing with me wanting to see it illegally. I wanted to see it legally. I couldn't. Yeah. They didn't let me. Yeah, you're – exactly. It's – Sometimes you do your best, and the the different restrictions and yeah. whatever don't don't allow you to see the thing you want to see. A majority of it was just seeing your guys' reactions, and then hopefully I get them five minutes later. So that was one of them. Was people going, "Yo, that may be one of the greatest hugs, greatest award presentations." Was the way that Spike gave it, or the way that uh, Spike jumped on um, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, which Spike is a lot shorter than I always. Did I always think he actually is? Yeah, we're probably he the looks same height. Short. Yeah, he looks pretty short courtside at Knicks games, but mm-hmm. he's still courtside. short when Knicks it's games. not next to basketball. Hey, players. where the Knicks play? Madison Square Garden, biggest arena. <laughs> as he let everyone know, yeah. I get courtside tickets. By the way, oh, there's Oscar. <laughs> That's cute. I have courtside tickets. Ref made a bad call. Ref made a bad call. But uh, no, it was an interesting way to watch the Oscars, uh, which I know we're obviously going to get into. Did y'all know Multiplex covers the best pictures? <laughs> and this year he finally decided to come out of retirement. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Multiplex channel got 14 out of 24 categories right, which isn't uh, the best score, but it's it's all right. It's okay. How'd you do? Uh, I, I stopped. Well, I couldn't focus. <laughs> I had a, It was either keep tabs on what I got winning or figure out what's winning. <laughs> I had no choice, uh, no in between. All right, so in a little bit, we're going to talk about those 91st Annual Academy Awards, the losers and the big moments. First, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercutpod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at Intercut Pod. That's at Intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast. Hmm. All right, let's get straight into the night's big award. We're going to switch things up and go topic of the week first. It's what we've been watching, too. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's it's what everybody's kind of thinking about, so we got to get right into it. Uh, After picking up Oscars for Best Supporting Actor and Best Original Screenplay, Green Book was awarded Best Picture 
in 2019, shocking much of film Twitter and pissing off Spike Lee. Art, you and I both saw Roma way back in September. Yes, and I think we were both pretty quickly convinced it would be a favorite heading into Oscars night, yes, which sir. we thought, you know, just 48 hours ago. So what do you think happened? Bamboozling, my friend. <laughs> Sticking uh, with the Spike Lee theme. Yo, uh, I mean, you've talked about it. I'm sure most of our viewers also know the second preferential ballot, the way that stuff works. Would you say that it's more so on the side of it still being, what, 60%, 97%? Or they're most are over 60 years old? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's still a large percentage of the Academy that are the older demographic of voters who... Green Book is apparently, you know, a bigger appeal to. There are younger people who probably like Green Book a lot, too. I think something that we forgot about at some point uh, during this whole big push for Roma is that it's still a black and white foreign film. So is and the artist, no foreign... Is it not the same? Uh, that's where I get confused where we say it's like, oh, well, we got to remember who it is. Well, if we're remembering, why did they pick Moonlight? Why did they pick this? Why was this year different? Right, right. And... I think ultimately there might have been a big push for Roma, but I don't know if it benefited from that second round, that third round of voters, like you were saying. Because, uh, you know, the, the theory is that a lot of the times it's not the people who are voting it for first place, but the people who are voting it for second and third place that ultimately push you over the top in the preferential ballot. Considering mm-hmm. that Alfonso did win for Best Director, that shows... There's a lot of love for Roma, but maybe more of a universal like for Green Book. So that, yeah, uh, that was one of the biggest things that everyone keeps saying, that a lot of people know many people who like Green Book, they don't hate it, uh-huh. but that a lot of people have yet to find the one person who loves Green Book. And I would say I'm on the side when Tiff happened, and I was just like, I, call, I mean, I, I got tagged by a lot of people last night saying that I had called it. I wasn't really calling anything. I was just saying that that's the way that it goes, which I think is going to lead to a bigger conversation between uh, us talking about Roma and how a loss may be more beneficial than a win, which we'll get yes. to, right? And I think you and I both agree on this. Um, yeah. that in terms of, of, of Green Book, I had said this. I don't believe it's worse than Crash. I think we're just more vocal nowadays to say that it's worse than Crash yeah. as opposed to 2005 where we didn't have those avenues. You weren't going on MySpace hearing about the best picture winning Crash. But... With Green Book, and I said this when it won the award at TIFF, was that it wasn't a bad movie. People were liking it all throughout TIFF until it won the award, and then it became something to dislike. And I said, yeah. the bigger that it gets into award contention, and if it ends up being an actual, <laughs> that it'll be the winner, uh, that it's going to give more people a reason to hate it. Uh, our good buddy Chase even had said, I'm sure a lot of people did put three stars, three and a half stars for Green Book. But the amount that they're hitting it now, they have to go back and they have to lower it to adjust the way that they see it. I said the same thing about Sicario. A lot of people were liking Sicario before um, donations to the wall, I guess, were happening. The first one to Sicario 2. And it's not to say that there isn't those merits that are in there. You know, I think a lot was said yesterday. Sometimes there actually is cultural context that does sort of change the way you look at a movie. You know, I think... Uh, sometimes that's inarguable. But and some also... have always been there. That's what I'm getting at, too. Yeah. As someone who, who was, wasn't necessarily defending the movie, but, but said this is how it's going to play out, and I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, the one black producer having to join the lottery, did you hear about this, in order to even be seated at the Oscars? All the uh, way on no, the side? No, I didn't hear that story. Uh, do you know who that one black producer is? No. What's her name who's going to be in Mama right now? Our girl from Loose? 
I don't oh, know Octavia? Right Octavia Spencer is a producer. I knew this because she was doing the talks at TIFF. She is a producer yeah, yeah. For, the, for the movie. I don't know if she gets an award, but even as a producer and the one black spokesperson that they have up there, she had to enter the lottery to be able to make it in. And actors right, do have to do so... this. They have to enter a lottery if you're not uh, a plus one or someone who's in the competition. You have to enter a lottery in order to be able to make it in there. But to think that the one black person for a green book how to enter that? It's kind of crazy. Right. So there's two things that you talked about that I want to kind of uh, circle back to. Uh, the one being this idea of the very white presenting uh, cast or crew behind Green Book. That was something that was commented on a lot after it, uh, after, after it won. It won I mean, and it looked like Bruno Mars at the Grammys last year? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and you know, that I, it is notable how many white people and voices are behind the story that's ostensibly about the green book but not really about and, the green and, book. and again to, to put that because we also know we have those audiences that are ready to jump that's not necessarily a bad thing look at into the spider-verse that's yeah no, to, very white to me mixed. to me it's a movie that's much more about uh nick valalonga i believe tony lip whatever his name yeah. is uh it's much more about him than it is about Do- the dr shirley character easily it's that it's kind of become yeah, and as a movie about Tony Lip, I think it's successful. As a movie about Dr. Shirley, I'm not so sure. And it's, you know, depending on how you're looking at the marketing, it's you might see it two different ways. I don't think there is a marketing, though. What's the name of the movie? I had this once with a teacher who asked, that's, what that's a, she didn't like Dark Knight, and she said, Dark Knight's, like, it's unstructured. Like, who is it even about? To which the smart Alex in the room said, it's in the title, Dark Knight. Yeah. Green Book shouldn't be... And, and I'm a person who loves the performance because I just think he was a damn cartoon in it. It's called Green Book. What the yeah. hell does Tony Lip have to do with a Green Book? That right, right. is that's associated with Shirley. Biggest, that's probably the biggest misstep of the movie is really calling it Green Book. If it's, it, you know, if it's driving Dr. Shirley, mm-hmm. it it's maybe goes over, it's As received said, a little bit better. Always loses to someone, <laughs> someone driving. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, it's that, and it's also that they're they're not acknowledging that the only person to thank Dr. Shirley yesterday was Mahershala Ali. Uh, there's there's a lack of acknowledging the uh, black people behind this story. There was that comment after the Oscars where the Green Book producer basically said he didn't know that Dr. Shirley's family even existed. existed? Okay, can we, we need that's not one where you can just say it and go. Yeah, that that's like. You're Let's not talk doing about your that. research. You're not doing your. How does an entire production company have the time to go to TIFF and do interviews and do an entire campaign enough that it wins you Best Picture, but you couldn't get in contact with the family of the famous person you're covering? You're telling me yeah. they didn't even come out and say something? Wait, we do know they came out and say something, and that's one of the biggest things right here that I really want to focus on. I think people are going to regret thinking Green Book was a better option than Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think a lot of it has to do with the people who work in Bohemian Rhapsody, which we're, we're going to get into, and the people who've been working on Green Book. Because when you combine the fact that no one in their acceptance speeches, except Mahershala, said thank you to Don Shirley, that that comment comes out where, what, I didn't even know they, no, you do. And even when you found out you should have done something. But above that, you heard about the producer's email to critics? Yeah. Yeah, that up. Uh, one of the do Green Book producers has been sending uh, basically 
threat not uh, threats might be exaggeration but like he harassing pretends, emails. yes he pretends to be a fan but is also too egotistical because he's also the producer of green book that he pretends to be a fan but he's also a producer in the email and he's trying to like bash any critic who has said anything bad letting him know that it's not racist pretty much correcting a lot of black critics yeah which is not a good look for the movie not at all the article that you're criticizing being titled green book a movie about racism where white people teach black people about racism. Again, this is coming from a person who liked the movie. The yeah. movie filmmakers do not help it's, it at all. Yeah, their their statements haven't been really that but, strong. In but Carrie Fisher, live long Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Which also got a lot of people pissed. Uh, so the backlash to Green Book obviously didn't stop it from winning the... Best Picture Prize. The thing that I was surprised by is it was able to get this far, despite not even being nominated for Best Director. True. Um, but uh, do you think this has anything at all to not to do with not awarding Netflix Best Picture? That's a big conversation. Do you want to have that conversation? Are we done with Green Book? We got all our jabs from Green Book out? What do you think about screenplay? I'll, so I'll, I, I thought Brie Larson Book- gasping and Samuel L. Yeah, the the contrast between Sam's reaction to giving Green Book screenplay and giving Spike they're screenplay total, was they're, pretty They're amazing. total op- opposites, aren't they? Yeah. If one has a white person... Me, I, go for it. To me, original screenplay, as somebody who got into my love of film through writing, um, I'm consistently disappointed with the original screenplay winners. Sometimes they're really exciting. A lot of times they're, they're really boring, cliched scripts, and... I think Green Book is a movie that really succeeds off of the charisma of its performances, not its very Writing. cliched script. Yes. Uh, so it's pretty crazy to me that that's ultimately what won. Even if you take the whole backlash against it aside, it's just not a very innovative or interesting script to mm-hmm. me. Uh, so I was upset that that one there. You mentioned the crash thing, which I think is an interesting talking point. People bring basically a lot comparing of everyone. Uh, people comparing the last like unfortunate commentary on racial drama to win Best Picture to this one. To also uh, it being a movie where the other ones around it could have been very progressive because Brokeback... Yes. And, and, uh, what else was that Was that year? Because I know Brokeback's one of the I, I don't ones. remember, but Brokeback was the one that most people yeah. really thought should have won. Uh, I, I, while I think that a lot of people are misphrasing their criticism of Green Book by comparing it to Crash... Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said about Crash at least being a somewhat forward-looking movie in terms of its construction and Green Book being such a backward-looking movie in terms of going, you know, it's this tried and true, this tired way of approaching the racial drama. It's set in a uh, back, it's set in a previous era that's already been covered. I, at least Crash took place in our modern day and attempted even if it wasn't successful, I think Green Book is a better movie. But it I is think a better term, movie. But it's just it's so artistically uninteresting that I think that's where a lot of people have been uh, frustrated by its win. I think my thing with Green Book is that I don't think the movie itself takes itself too seriously, but the filmmakers yeah. take itself too. They take themselves too seriously. That's and that's, that's a the good biggest point. problem. As it really check those emails out that that guy sent. Like, those aren't fake. Those are, like, real emails. That guy's, that guy's insane. He's a little crazy. Yeah. So something um, that you were alluding to earlier is the idea of Best Picture sometimes not being good for a film's legacy. And I think this is going to be a classic example okay. of it. Where this 
if it had never been nominated for any Oscars, I think it might have even been remembered f- somewhat fondly as you got a couple charismatic performances out of yeah. Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Usually. It's a it's a nice commentary, but it's it's the praise that puts it to another level and makes people say that movie is overrated. The artist, everyone thinks it's overrated. The Hurt Locker, a lot of people think, general audiences think it's overrated. Unless something that they all know and love has won big. This, this to be completely honest, and we always talk about this, we are in our vacuum. Yeah. Get this, breaking the vacuum. Nobody else cares Green Book won last night. I had messages from my mom and from my brother because they kind of get the gist of like, oh, what's in talks to win. Um, but when they won, they're like, yeah, that was a good movie. General audiences do not see a problem with it because they're not looking too much yeah. into it. They're not seeing into the backs. What they saw was a movie that didn't take itself too seriously and didn't say it was going to end all of racism, but it covers it in a point where we right. who are looking really into it and what the filmmakers are trying to say get bigger into it. But everybody else, it was, it's a fun movie with charismatic performances that has Mahershala Ali. Y'all like Mahershala Ali. Didn't he win totally. for that Moonlight movie? I didn't like that movie. He's finally in a movie I do like. Yeah, and that's the thing is that uh, we take a different view of it than um, other people. Yes. And I, I think it's interesting. I'm curious how much of the Academy is viewing it differently than us, too. Are the Academy members not f- not film connoisseurs? I mean, they're supposedly industry people. But if you've talked to enough industry people, you know not all, of them, not all of them are like avidly watching movies. Yeah. Uh, you like to talk about how uh, about people leaving Sundance screenings. You know, not not everybody who works in the industry is necessarily uh, avid film watcher. They're not. The They're just doing it as a part are. of a checklist. Yeah, that's the craziest yeah. part about it. That's why every year everyone's surprised that the Indie Spirit Awards are the best awards. Wow, right. this satisfied our palate as it does every year. Are we just going to ignore it and then pay more attention to the Oscars? Yeah, it happens every single year. That's the funniest part about it, that the Indie Awards, the Spirit Awards, are the little Susie. That everyone uses their shoulder for until they move. Yeah. The yeah. Netflix thing. Yes. Yes. I do believe when a movie wins it. I think that was the best thing that happened to Moonlight was the double swap thing. La La Land would have won. People would have hated it. There's a, there's a, man, the La La Land, because everyone just thought it was in the bag. It softened. Yeah. The La La haters aren't really there anymore. And there's no really haters for Moonlight because of the way it received its award. Yeah. But it was the underdog up until the last moment. Everyone likes to remind you how no one's thinking about Shape of Water. Everyone's mm-hmm. thinking about Get Out. Everyone will remind you about the movies that didn't make an impact, but people are big to say that Shape of Water, too many, isn't that big of a thing, and that really the Fish movie. A lot of people have even said that this is the comeback to the Fish movie. <laughs> have you heard that? Yeah, like the backlash. Yeah, y'all had Obama, now you get this. Uh, yeah. But the Roma thing is interesting because I truly believe it's one of those things. I personally know it as the Shawshank effect. Some may know it as the Pulp Fiction effect. Some may know it as, I, I can't think of other movies that may have gone blank on it. Um, it did, did, Roma didn't go blank, but it's that thing where we still talk about Shawshank to this day. Yeah. We still talk about a lot of other ones that, Pulp Fiction to this day, that Roma not winning Best Picture doesn't give it the artist effect that many may have where then people start hating it and they go, really? Really? Instead yeah. it lives off and it's got like this crazy legacy to it. One where... Have you checked Fandango, Regal, or AMC? This is big. Did you know that AMC, you know how they always have their best picture showcase? Yeah. They aren't playing Roma as part of that best picture showcase. What? (laughs) It's nominated for best picture. You only have eight. 
Yeah. And you said, no. How petty is that? Right. How do you not play the one movie that's nominated for Best Picture, one foreign cinematography, the way movies are shot? And Best Director. And Best Director. That's the guy who helms the movies, movie theaters. And they didn't want to play it? Did you hear one of them had the audacity to say that it was a made-for-TV movie? That's why Roma can't get played. <laughs> I didn't that see man that. was playing some of the crappiest movies on TV. Yeah, do not... Do not get started with me with all the teen stuff that comes out. You're going to say Roma. Roma, cinematography award-winning Roma. It had its own museum at TIFF. Made for TV movie. It was never going to get played. And on top of that, he said because it was streaming on Netflix, it was pointless for it to be playing in theaters. Black Panther's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 crazy sometimes the way that these theaters are rational, rationalizing. We thought Khan's was bad. There still is an old mentality when it comes to uh, the way that some of the industry approaches Netflix. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of that was affecting their awards chances as much as it was that this is not necessarily a movie for everybody. And especially if you're not seeing it in a movie theater, it, it's going to uh, lose some of its charm. I, I don't know. I'm wondering if we're, we overrated Roma's chances from the start. Maybe we didn't. He won Best Director, but... We did it. No, no, no. That man was about to collect a crap ton of awards, which we had a discussion about last night. Still who's had the, three. Who's the person to win the most awards in one? Iñárritu, I think, had three in one. Yeah. Um, that we, Disney I think, ended up having four. Disney, uh, I think, has a record with the four back in the day. But damn, my man was going on the yeah. street, and he could have had it. He's his producer for Best Picture, and screenwriting was his. Um he could have had it. He won for director, foreign, and cinematography. He mm -hmm. didn't win for screenwriting and didn't win for picture. For picture. But he had the opportunity to be there. Um, it yeah. shows us that I don't think we overrated it. Just something crazy happened in terms of... Okay, let's talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. Can we talk about that? All right. So uh, before we get straight to that, let me say that the big acting awards of the night went to Rami Malek for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury in think? Bohemian Rhapsody. I love this speech. Uh, and then... And then, oh yeah, the speech was solid. Yeah, I think I he got like a him. lot of criticism. For, I think he got a lot of criticism for it, and I don't know how much of that was fair. None of it was uh, his that fault. being said, a lot of it is re reliant on that whole like, don't talk about the director who's You're, not in the room. All thing right, so that's do we want to get about that one before we jump to what the next? I, thing I got that later. I got okay, that okay, later. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so then there was the Olivia Coleman shocking audiences at the Dolby Theater by winning Best yeah. Actress for the Favorite. One of you guys spoiled it. Oh, for you? I was five minutes behind. When you guys said, what the hell? I realized it was neither of the two who yeah. we thought was in competition. Yeah. So, I mean, up until that point, it was kind of crazy because the favorite, despite being nominated for 10 Oscars, had not won any of them. You specifically had blanked. put it to rest. Yeah, you put it to rest. Yeah. You said, well, that sucks. It went over. What? So, Art, I know you ended up picking Christian Bale and Glenn Close before the show. Which of the best leading actor winners were you more surprised to see? And nobody was there – was, there was only one surprise of the night. It was that. There was excitements on the nights. There was finalies. There was not a – and it always happens with supporting. Stunner. Stallone <laughs> got his. And now over here for the two of them, which the only one who hurts here, and it was in the speech as well, is Glenn Close because I think that's it. That's it for Glenn Close. Gaga got – none of us – did none of us put together that Gaga didn't need the acting one? She really just needed the shallow one? Yeah, but I think a lot of us wanted her to win the acting one. We wanted her. One. But yeah. how empty do you feel right now? 
No, she got her Gaga one. Plus, she also made sexual yeah. intercourse love with Bradley Cooper up on stage, which was kind of crazy. Look. Uh, a look. So, in terms of Rami winning, I liked what he did. Rami was very similar to Mahershala with me. Both people who are, I, I think they're stand-up dudes, winning for performances that I don't think were the best in their category. Yeah, I have a feeling that we'll look back on uh, Rami's career, maybe even look back on Rami's career five years from now and yeah. be a little bit stunned that he that won was the one? for this movie. Yeah. Uh, it, but, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. You look at Julie, Julianne Moore, who's one of my favorite actresses, and still Alice is just like a random, random. blip on the radar for it's her, weird. but that is her best actress nom- oh, winner. So, you know, that's just kind of how the Oscars sometimes roll out. I do wonder how much people were voting for Rami Malek and how much they were just voting for liking Freddie Mercury, because I feel like that happens sometimes. Well, we'll talk when, uh, about that. You end up playing... Uh, we'll Character, but who's a true yeah. character? But yeah, uh, definitely the Olivia Coleman thing was a much bigger surprise. And Olivia Coleman, cool. her was, speech, fantastic. Was, was, yeah, she had a great speech. I thought she was the most endearing uh, speech of even the afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Great I mean, she's, afterwards, she's a very charming person. She she's kind of been a character actress for many years and kind of going on the raid under the radar. You know, uh, there are a lot of clips of her from Hot Fuzz going around yes. Twitter after she won. Good. Uh, it's really great to see someone who's really blossomed, especially a little later in her career, yeah. and who's so great on screen. Uh, oh. It does suck for Glenn Close because you know nothing against Glenn Close. It was just weird that she ended up seeming like the front runner there, out of nowhere. But no one even like that was never supposed well, to be your spot. It's yeah, apparently not, even, <laughs> apparently not even the Academy members see, have seen the wife. It's just you and me. Just you and I, and that's because you were on a plane. Can we talk really quick <laughs> about that that switcheroo though? I love Regina King winning. I think she deserved winning. She looked incredible as well, uh, yeah. as well as uh, Captain America, who one of my favorite jokes <laughs> of the night was Chris <laughs> Evans, best supporter of actresses. Yes, yes. Um, that she beat out the leads <laughs> of the movie, that the supporting actress won the lead award for. Can we just talk about that? I remember making yeah, a gif yeah. of Olivia Coleman just taking it between the other two actresses, not realizing that that was her and the other two actresses weren't her co-stars. It was uh, the other two nominated, Glenn Close and Gaga, so. Yeah, I mean, it was really funny just seeing how into uh, Olivia's win Emma Stone was. I thought that was really sweet. You know, you could see her saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, Jordan Peele when Spike won? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, those, so there were two moments. I'm skipping a little bit ahead in my, my timeline here, but... Thinking about the best moments for me, I think there's two things that rose above everything else. Olivia Coleman and just the amount of love that everybody had for her, mm-hmm. you know, her husband and, her, and Emma Stone and then Yorgos all coming over to kiss her, I thought was just a really wonderful moment. And then Spike winning and just how happy so many people were that he finally had Jordan Peele was crying him. in the back, and this is like an important thing to realize because without, and, and a lot of people say this for certain directors, but without a Spike, you probably don't have a Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. And now without a Jordan uh, Peele who executively produced Black Klansman, Spike and I have the Oscar. It's crazy, man. Yeah, He was sobbing in the back. But those were your top yeah. two? I For me, those were some of the best moments of the night. Uh, do you have any other things that stood out for you? Um, the free solo stuff I was very excited for because I really enjoyed the movie. Didn't like them not thinking, I don't know, the guy who was fucking free soloing. But uh, uh, one of the other ones that I thought was pretty dope was... Um, and I'm blanking it because it was it was a uh, an announcement. It was one of the announcers. We didn't even mention that the hostess Oscars. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, 
uh, then I'll probably I'll remember the one that I had because it was it was someone announcing something that I thought was pretty dope. All right, so let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit then. In conjunction with its win for Best Actor, Bohemian Rhapsody ended up picking up awards for Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, and a baffling win for Best Film Editing, that one giving really... it the lead with four Oscars. None of those winners even mentioned director Brian Singer or his replacement during their speeches. Additionally, Hollywood's other problematic fave, as we mentioned, Green Book, won three awards of its own. It wasn't all regressive award winners, as Black Panther picked up three awards, including the first two non-acting Oscars given to black women in 30 years. Mm -hmm. Spike Lee, as we mentioned, won his first Oscar nearly 30 years after Do the Right Thing was snubbed. And Roma, a foreign language film, black and white, won three awards with Best Cinematography. First for Mexico. The first foreign language film win for Mexico. So, Art, was this a positive year or a negative one in terms of progressiveness in Hollywood? We had this conversation late last night, Zachary. Yes, we Uh, did. I was talking about it being like the Grammys, where you get, you know, all of these people winning. But it's like the rap winning for rap. Of course. It's like, wow, this is a great great night for women. They won all the actress categories. No, no (laughs) duh. Uh, right. the ending, I talked to you about that, where you had all these women, uh, and, and black people who were winning awards and they got Green Book, which feels like a slap in the face and it feels like the complete opposite. As Spike would tell you, the literal complete antithesis of his movie, where it's a black man telling a Jewish man, bro, you got skin in the game. Don't you realize it? And then over right. here, a black man being told about something. I don't know. You said you said it doesn't affect it. I still uh, of, uh, am of that Grammy belief where kind of the Oscars kind of use everything, but they refuse to give it to two things. A really well, I can't even really say that because Moonlight won. Uh, but it seemed like Netflix was the thing against it this year, and it was right. just more so that whole idea of the Academy screwing around in the back and it being for people who they like the most. Yeah, I, I think ultimately I view it as mostly a successful, like progressive, forward-thinking night. Because uh, we know that there's a lot of regressive attitudes in the academy, yeah. and we know there's a lot of people who don't see the pro- don't see Green Book as a problematic film at all. Which you know that's fine if that, that's your opinion. Uh, but you know, there's the stuff with Bohemian Rhapsody that people don't necessarily disqualify that. We know those people existed, but we don't know there's as many people who are willing to vote a superhero movie as an yeah. Oscar win. Or uh, a Disney movie, you know, yeah. Vote for some like unconventional uh, choices, and and now we have a lot of evidence of that. Uh, you know, uh, we've had so many years of talks about diversity, and now the four acting award winners. We had uh, two black actors Egyptian. and an Egyptian actor. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, I think there's inarguably some progress being made, even if you can't see it in every single category. So you 100% would say that that hashtag, which uh, Spike gave credit to. Uh, I want to say in his afterwards speech, April. I want to say it was Spike, it was Spike right? He specifically yeah. remembered who was the person who started the Twitter hashtag of Oscar So White, yeah. and he gave it a bunch of credit. Is she like a is she a writer, journalist, or something? I think she's a writer. Okay. Uh, she's definitely like popular she's, on Twitter. She's not like a random person who just started the hashtag, right? No, she's, she's not like, like a okay. nobody. Um, so you would see, do you think without that it wouldn't have catapulted? Like when we talk about marches and, and things that happen that, and some people argue they wouldn't go anywhere, this is one where you would say, no, nope, if it wasn't for that, there wouldn't have been the spiral that would have resulted in this year. Um, I think it's ultimately, you know, the thing that 
helped push some of the momentum in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Spike also gave credit to Cheryl Boone Isaacs, mm-hmm. who uh, was president of the Academy for a couple of years and instituted a lot of change. Uh, and I think ultimately that these things change gradually, not radically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's about the steps and uh, hashtag Oscar So White was one of those steps. Uh, I think that step would have come somewhere, but it just so happened to uh, come along at the right time to push things in, in that direction. Now, in terms of Bohemian Rhapsody, because that was the other thing we were mentioning here. Yeah. Would you have been more upset with that winning over Green Book? I think so, because the thing is, Bohemian Rhapsody's awards were not given to Brian Singer. Whereas, it winning Best Picture is kind of inherently more of a is award he towards Brian. You think so? I mean, I don't think he's credited as a producer, but... It, it's a little bit more of a of a reward for the film. Like I think you can reward aspects of it without necessarily endorsing the full thing. Giving it best picture is an endorsement of the full thing. I think it, there was some article that came out that uh, Bohemian stands to uh, th- that if Brian Singer uh, that Brian Singer had a clause in his contract where he would get awarded an extra like ten million or something. For a Best Picture win. So by encouraging it, you're encouraging him. I can see yeah. that. I can see that 100%. Are you of the side that you don't watch Usual Suspects anymore? No, I, I'm not. So uh, do you think that this movie can be separated from Brian Singer if it truly becomes this crazy thing that seems to not have a director? Yeah, that I mean, truly is, is like, just a piece of Queen. It, I think there's a difference between like the movie existing and, and people wanting to enjoy it for the elements that are not objectionable and the movie being given the biggest prize mm-hmm. in Hollywood, you know? Like, I just don't think... It, I don't think that's something that Bohemian Rhapsody needed. Uh, it had... it had Not only... I mean, I, honestly, my bigger objection is artistically. I just thought it wasn't a good enough movie. And it uh, won like, the most artistic awards! Yeah, which is Technical awards-wise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm, my bigger objection is that the movie is awful. <laughs> um, so the editing thing do you think it when editing I heard about this because of the way that it gets pitched you gotta remember people aren't sitting there with a script people are not sitting there right. with the entirety of the movie or they're so actually sitting there with the actors And there's a theory out there that it won film editing because since Brian Singer was fired the editor didn't have the input of the original director when choosing from all of the original shots and there's competing voices so to make it as cohesive argument, as possible. Yeah, the argument is not so much he did the best editing as he had the most difficult job of editing, which... Reminds me sure, of a wing conversation you and I had of <laughs> <laughs> trying great food or not trying great food. Right. Like, I just don't think that's what the Oscars are supposed to be about. I, I understand the rationale, but I think that's kind of like saying, which I, was another word that I wasn't so on board with, like... Leo deserved the best actors for the revenant specifically because Physicality. he put himself through, yeah. through so much. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not with that. But have you heard about the campaign aspect of it? No. That you got to remember that it's not just here. Did you notice the editing? Editing? It's they literally edit a montage for you, so that one of the campaigns that they had going for them, and this was one of the reasons why a lot of people said First Man as well. Uh, one for visual effects. Well, I personally think, and I like First Man, I think the best thing about First Man is the score that they didn't even get nominated, whatever. But yeah. winning visual effects, First Man, was because a lot of people, especially the Academy voters and who they are, are able to relate how 
painstakingly they were able to get as close to the original stuff as possible, even though, mind you, they're just standing in front of screens. That's um, yeah. whatever the behind the scenes is out there. Still very cool, and I love the fourth act. Or, yeah, the third act of that movie. But it was because they were able to get to that nostalgia factor and be like, "Isn't this just like it?" Oh my gosh, first man. Now let's get to editing. Forget the rest of the movie. Did you see how painstakingly we got the live aids? And that's what a lot of people have been saying, and a lot of insiders have said that that was the thing that they were pitched was look how close we got the live right. aids to, and people were like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? They really I saw they showed their work. Yes. They, yeah, and sometimes really showing your work is sometimes showing your work is the easiest way to guarantee yourself an Oscar, whether that's in front of the camera or mm-hmm. behind it. So it's I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason that Bohemian ultimately won that award. Uh, how it won for sound mixing and sound editing, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. But but you can see you the know. people who do the rap lip syncing things. That, yeah, uh, yeah. They were like, "Ooh, we we are finally being married." So I don't know. Uh, I I just I just don't think it was the technical achievement that uh, an Oscar win would Wonderful. delegate it. And and beyond that, it's now the movie that won more Oscars than any other movie this year. Oh, like, really? It that, had the most. Yeah, uh, Green Book had three, Roma had three, and um, Black Panther had three. But Bohemians four won the night. So talking about how that they're being accepted, did you think they were going to say anything? So that was part of the thing that confuses me. Out of the two, this is what I'm getting at. Green Book progressively, t- progressively, regressively takes steps to make it worse in front of audiences when people say something. They fight back at people. Their literal acceptance speech was, guys were not racist. Shout out Carrie Fisher. Bohemian, on the other hand, are they not, like, and this is someone who made the video. It's a little, they're doing everything in their power to make it better. They, they fired the director. it's a little damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right, and I thought that where it was like, oh, you're not going to mention the director. It's like, why would you want them to mention the director? They're doing the best that they should be doing. They are thinking the people who this movie is shining a light upon and what they wanted it to be. I feel like yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody think... knew what it wanted to be as misguided as it is than the other misguided movie. Yeah, I mean, I think there's people who are hoping for some kind of indictment of Brian Singer that don't realize uh, that most of these people probably have some form of contractual obligation to, to not say, say something anything. Like that. There yeah. was people in the back. Someone was asked something about uh, the Boa Girls. Shout out to them and shout out to the Period Girls who won as well because they gave delightful speeches. The Boa yeah. Girls for short uh, animated. They were asked bow, about bow, bow. What was I saying? Boa, boa, <laughs> boa, bow. I'm hungry. I'm still thinking Disney. I want to go eat it. <laughs> uh, when they won, they were asked in the back about who I was asking about. My R. Kelly, uh, Mister. Yeah. John Lasseter. Uh, John Lasseter. Because it's like, I still don't know fully everything that happened. It's one of those things where it's like, damn, am I having a bias on him just because he made Toy Story? Right? I was right. having the Kendrick thing when, when, when it hits the fan. The MJ thing, I was like, yeah. They're yeah. yelling Billie Jean, I'm yelling Toy Story. But it's an interesting thing. And I, we were having a conversation about it. But when they were asked, they couldn't say anything. NDA agreements. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing over here with these guys. They can't say anything. They can't even speak their mind. Uh, let's shift away from the awards, unless there's any others that you want to mention. Mm. Uh, you know, I think we were. I think Brian Tyree should host. Yeah, I, I'm be down for a Melissa McCarthy, Brian Tyree Henry double b- bill. Uh, but let's shift away and talk about the telecast. The whole show came in 20 minutes longer than expected, which is not that long cons- compared like to it. other years. Uh, the hostless Oscars didn't Great. feel very hostless. Nope. 
what do you think? Did the Oscars find a recipe for success by eliminating its host? 100%. It flowed smoothly. Uh, someone made a joke. He's like, how about we just randomly stop and go to a Chuck E. Cheese? And I was like, oh my goodness, we don't have to do that anymore. There was jokes being said. Uh, that was what it was. Damn Medea himself. I'm proud to present this award, not during the commercials, but televised the way it should be. Thank you, Oscars. Yeah. I was like, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you Tyler got something Perry. in you, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Um, the president's not cutting his position out. That was great. Uh, he surely kept himself on there. But one of my favorite parts about the hostess Oscars was having the real host come out right at the beginning. The people people have been asking for for the longest time. They say, if we were hosting it, we would this, but we don't. And they literally killed hosting yeah. duties. They did it. Right. Yeah, the Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Who People meta, have been like, asking for We're not really time. hosting, even though we're doing the opening monologue And everybody thing. asked for you guys to do it, and we've been wanting yeah, to do great. it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, I think that the show suffered a little in the second half by not having enough, uh, like, things to tie it in. Bits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it, yeah, it kind of, at the end, it became song, award, song, award uh, presentation. So that's a great thing to, to talk about. Songs are trash. Um, RGB, yeah, I didn't the original songs talk. this year were really bad. Really bad, except for Shallow. And it was almost one of those things where yes, Shallow yes, was so obviously. incredibly great, you almost forgot you had to listen to four boys. Shallow, I saw a lot of people saying this, but I, I gotta agree. It's one of the best Oscar moments we, ever, we, I feel we like. Have to, we have to lead up to that. Did you know RGB had a song? Uh, I did, but only because I watched the documentary after the mm. Oscars came out. Cool. Uh, I just told you it had a song. Did you know it had a song? <laughs> yeah i don't know who sang it bro i remember who sang because i was re-watching it um man jennifer hudson peaked like am i wrong nobody wanted to talk about it i felt that we all yeah. agreed on twitter to not just say anything and so yeah, maybe i'm the dick for saying it here so i'll just pretend that i did not say anything at all but did you know rgb had a song the yeehaw song why I, I don't know like what I don't know the point of listening to that song from Ballad of Buster Scruggs if Tim without him doing it. it yes yeah because um, he's the he puts all the charm into it like it's it's one thing if you want to like do some version of it with another like, no that was just a Red Dead cover play like I don't, yeah 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 it just what it, it didn't work for didn't me didn't care for me um the forty seven the, song from the movie we both saw together a screening of Mary Poppins yeah so why pick um, not the scraps and the throwaways that Lee Manuel had, but that song. I, I mean that you got to ask the voting body. But well, yeah. talking about picking songs, though, why did they choose to open the whole ceremony with the two most boring Queen songs and not Bohemian Rhapsody? The name of the song, Bohemian what, Rhapsody. Yeah, what's the name of the what's the name of the Bo- movie? That's Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, what was the I forgot one? they didn't play it. Did you know? And then they didn't do all the stars. Which you know what? I'm actually kind of happy they didn't do all the stars because for several reasons actually. One, if they weren't going to perform it, then pointless. Then pointless because yeah. as we saw, yeah, the other exactly. one didn't work well. The other one. Did you know the lawsuit that all the stars actually had with it? No. All the stars. You've seen the video. Very gold like, yeah. and it's kind of like a yeah. chisel thing, a little annihilation like. Uh, they had asked an artist who. That's her look. They asked her. They straight, it's on paper, kind of like the uh, people hate when I mention uh, it for some reason, but the Suspiria stuff. It's on paper that he reached out, or whoever, director of it. I don't think it goes back to the actual creative team of Black Panther, but for the music video, asking, yo, we love this, look, and we use this. You said, um, yeah, no. 
made it in and the music. They went ahead and yeah, they went ahead and they used it, and there was a lawsuit that happened with uh. it. So I'm very curious how that happened. I feel that's part of the reason why they may have not, because they couldn't use the set for it. They could have constructed yeah, distancing themselves a little bit from it. Maybe. Hey, that's irrelevant. Um, Rami Malek wasn't in there in the beginning, and he's nominated, right? He wasn't singing because the clip that they used for his best. Again, I love Rami Malek, but the clip that they used was a TikTok clip, as many people have joked. Right? It's not exactly. actually him singing. It's Wasn't there a best actor who also directed himself? And he does sing, does he not? Yeah, I think he performed live at the Oscars. Now, I was in and out. So when I rewatched it, I'd seen it and I'd seen the clips. And I was like, man, this may be, you just said it was what? One of the best Oscar moments, not of 2019, but of all time? That's not just me. That's a lot of film Twitter. I downloaded it. Uh, the ceremony clocks in at two minutes, two hours, 46 minutes. It's kind of a breeze to rewatch back. It's actually not that bad. It's yeah. the commercials that really t- that really puffing it up. Yeah. I think that's the next thing to cut out, commercials, which was a great joke at the <laughs> beginning. We're now doing commercials within the Oscars. Um, no, I'm rewatching that ceremony, that, that specific clip. That is one of the best performances of all time. Did you see how they started? No yeah, lube. Yeah, of course. No lube. There was no was one to even... coming in from the backstage. No one to present it. from the audience. Yes, they just nominated someone. They gave them the award. And then they just said, oh, uh, there, yeah, there's not even a voiceover. They just bring out the piano. They get up from the damn audience seats and have yeah. sex on stage. <laughs> it didn't even matter that I think it does wasn't necessarily their best vocal performances. Like Bradley definitely Perfect. sounded better in the movie than Doesn't he did matter. at the ceremony. That they they sold that. You know, people kept talking about the performance. I mean, like this is, that was like theater. Like it, that, that's live acting. It was crazy. And the fact that we've gotten two different versions of Shallow, one for the Grammys with real Gaga and then Mrs. Gaga. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, everyone pretty much said, without a doubt, they've smashed. <laughs> and if it wasn't for rewatching the ceremony and seeing who Bradley Cooper was sitting next to, his wife, I'll let you search it up right now. I'll fill up some time. I need you to see. Do you know what his wife looks like? I, yes. Oh, you already know. So you don't very need to well. Okay. That is the only reason why she didn't have to whoop Lady Gaga. Yeah, she, she was given a lot of side eye last night. Yeah, she was given a lot. <laughs> but, and then I remember Bradley Cooper goes home to that. There's no worries here. Yeah. But damn, that performance was incredible. So yeah, Shallow was definitely the moment that had everybody talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into a Oscars yay or nay to wrap this discussion up? I had a small one, but I guess I'll just leave it for the video that I made because it's, it's kind of minor. We'll, sure? we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, it's a little tiny thing. I don't, I don't want to make it a bigger deal than it really is. So yeah, I think that's it. Cool. So uh, we're going to get into yay or nay and talk about some oscars bits that slipped through the cracks starting mm-hmm. with the initial reports are that the ratings for last night's oscars were up about 15 percent uh mm-hmm. some people are crediting the, the hype around the show and the fiasco of will there be a host will there not be a host and other people are just crediting the fact that you get black panther stars born they just like the Rhapsody among the nominations uh yay or nay do you think this is going to be a trend for the Oscars of the ratings going up. Yeah, you want to know why they why why? Sure, it's a conspiracy. Have you heard of uh, Nomeo and Juliet? I I have. I don't know how this is relevant. <laughs> You like how I say two things that make absolutely no sense, but I hopefully try to combine them together. Nomeo and Juliet. Oh no no, it was it was uh, Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes, the trailer for Sherlock Gnomes is complete and utter trash. But when critics went to go see it, 75% of what was in the trailer, the fart jokes, none of that was in the movie. Thus, it made people believe 
this movie isn't that bad. But in reality, it wasn't that great either. But it ended up with scores that were so much higher because the marketing for the movie dissuade all the critics to think it was going to be terrible does setting the standards so low so that when you see it you think it's great the oscars time and time again wanted you to think this was the worst telecast it could possibly be they just set so the then bar when as it low turned as possible out okay we thought is this one of the best ones since like billy crystal yeah that's a solid strategy it is because anne hathaway had to remind us on twitter remember it got worse we forget yeah, that one. It can be we forget worse. that one with with what's his name being high. I don't know what he was doing during that one, but yeah, that's my that's my true theory. They were very quick to keep changing, and I was like, hmm, it almost seems that like you guys said things that weren't going to ever be implemented, so there was no redacting. You just said it, and yeah. said, ah, oh, just kidding. We never hired those people to do that bit anyway. Remember when they told they were like, hey, we're gonna have all the Avengers presenting. What what happened to that? Things just only Chris away. Evans showed up. Only Chris Evans was there, <laughs> so. That's what uh, I believe. Glenn Close's failure to win Best Actress uh, prompted a discussion of whether or not legacy Oscars are re- going to continue to be a thing with this changing Academy. Art, yay or nay, do you think we'll st- still see career achievement kind of awards what's in a, the main categories? What's a legacy Oscar again? So the idea being that Glenn Close's best performance wasn't in The Wife, but because she's done so much good work, She's gonna. She could win the Oscar anyway. Right. So, what does that also entail for the Oscar she didn't win? You're also implying that that Oscar went to someone that it should not have. Uh, potentially, Sometimes. or that she's just been overlooked a lot. You know, which she, creates maybe it's more like an people? always a bridesmaid kind of thing. So, which ones were created for this Oscars is what I asked. Right. Right. It becomes a uh, cascading. Yeah. Because because you could snowball. say, oh, look, it didn't happen. It's over. But I saw it happen when Spike won his. Right, yeah, so that's the thing. It's like, I think a lot of people were expecting But he also deserved legacy, it. Yeah, I think a lot of people but were expecting also. the legacy Oscar to come in the form of Glenn Close winning when really it was the Spike Award. Granted, I just don't think you can win a legacy Oscar if your movie comes out of nowhere. Like, th- we've been talking all award season about, like, how is the wife a part of this? This is a movie that didn't even play last if it was two Toronto film festivals oh, ago. God. That's true. Uh, and, and yet it somehow remained in the discussion. I think you just need something that's a little bit more of a serious contender if you're going to end up being a Legacy Award winner. With Black Klansman was a serious contender. It may not have been like the best adapted screenplay, but it was one of them. It and it, it made it convenient to give Spike an award. And it was a lot better than previous Legacy Award winners, where I would say a lot of people with Leo kind of go, that wasn't your best. But you yeah. got it, so that one's a, like a very popular one. Another legacy award would be uh, Martin for the Departed. Uh, Scorsese, yeah, yeah. exactly. What else was nominated? Went for I, I don't remember. We we, t- we brought this up yeah. last week. That's my biggest thing with legacy awards, and I think everybody else agrees with as well. Is that when when a ref calls a bad call in the first quarter, I don't want to see him fix it in the fourth quarter, regardless of what side you're on. Because that really affects the game. So what I'm getting at is that as long as the Legacy Award isn't screwing somebody else over. Because I, I, it was funny seeing Vigo both times that he's been nominated. All three times. He gives the same thing all three times that he's lost. For Easton Promises, Captain Fantastic. Which that one really hurt him against um, Baby Affleck. And this year, it's always the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He really thinks he has it in time. the bag every single time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of refs making a bad call, Spike Lee definitely won the post-Oscars comments. Uh, 
with his press conference, uh, champagne and Oscar in hand, just throwing some shade at Green Book's Best Picture win. Uh, he This is being 29 years after Do the Right Thing lost Best Picture to Driving Miss Didn't Daisy. even get nominated for Best Picture. That was he crazy. didn't even get nominated. But, uh, but Spike Lee mentioned he always he's snake bit. He always loses to movies where they're driving people around. Uh, he was on fire with the quotes. You heard the uh, uh, English one? Not my cup of tea. Not my yo. That's probably my favorite one. Everyone keeps talking about the bad call. Oh, I got another cop. No comment. The best one has been that one. Were you offended? Yeah. Was I, a, sir? Are you English? Are you English? Yes. I'll tell you this. Not my cup of... It's specifically the way he Waluigi's himself. Yeah. It's I mean, the way he, he literally he turns the it prince. Up on there. Yeah, he was having a lot of fun at that Oscars. That's uh, what I love to so, see. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask yay or nay on the comments, but I think it's an easy yay, yeah. right? I mean, he, he, he keeps it real and makes things just more interesting. Um, there was... Two things. One, I had seen a Twitter thing, which the Twitter thing really screwed it up. So when I saw it full screen, it was better. I thought when he won his award, he ignored Adam Driver. But when you see it full screen, he, he put his hand out first and he's just like. Yeah. And he goes straight up, hops on top of what's his name. Um, damn, I'm blanking on what I just had right now. There was another thing that happened with uh, Spike. Uh, the speech? No, it wasn't the speech. Even though, what would you think of the speech and get, having the knuckles and everything and doing it? I love the Knuckles. I thought the speech was good. I mean, you know, it's classic Spike. He name-dropping his own movies and everything mm-hmm. like that. It seemed like he had a little bit more to say, and they cut him off. He was but. saying there was a weird technical thing that happened last night where some people we could hear at home, they couldn't hear him there, or they were hearing them there and we couldn't hear them at home. That really yeah, yeah. confused me. And it made, it made That's no the thing sense. that... I mean, I don't put that on him. I think that was a problem with the telecast. That's what, no, no, that's what I'm saying. It's the telecast. They kept doing that multiple times. Yeah. I remember what it was. Um, I loved when Sam was the only one to be able to make him laugh. But I hated what he did to poor Aquafina. What did he do? Bro, Aquafina said, and then I saw Spike Lee and I went, Whoa. Oh! And Spike yeah, just yeah, goes... Yeah, the- the, like you did, call that comedy reaction yeah shot. it wasn't like a, oh you caught me off guard he literally judged the joke because he went <laughs> um amy poehler and also i thought aquafina and john mulaney were great they were great i loved his jordan peele bit because we had just finished i had just finished big mouth so i was like he does know yeah. him yeah um no yeah that was definitely a highlight of the night definitely a yay for everything that he said i thought he was killer all around i think he was the most honest one in the room um it's interesting yeah it's interesting I'm, I'm curious to see what he has next uh, and last year or nay, the Irishman teaser trailer dropped last night during the Oscars. No footage, but we got a promise that it will be in theaters in fall. Art, yay or nay, did it hype you up even more? Uh, well, I didn't get to see it because everyone said, yo, there's an Irishman. I was like, what are you talking about? I've seen an Irishman trailer because I couldn't see it. So I've yet to see it other than the snippets that I saw on like Twitter. People freaking out, like an actual reaction to it on cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just text and a bullet. Just text. And everyone and has an I in their name. Yeah. The Cloverfield did in a and sense. And the bullet replaces the I. Um, so hyped. I just saw Casino the other day. Um, yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, if they're able to bring it back in some way. And I think we, we slightly talked about Russian Doll. So yeah. I've also been having the Pesci vibes too. Uh, I miss that era. To me, I was raised watching AMC, the channel AMC Ooh. reruns of the mobster April like where they would just show them all. So I've seen them all, like Scorsese. That part of Scorsese is so engraved into my film, like, memory. Uh, 
it better not fail. It better not fail. That's like that's yeah. just my hope. Yeah, I mean, when you have a cast like that, and apparently there's like a lot of money that Netflix is putting into this, I just have high hopes. Uh, the te- teaser didn't really do anything for me. Didn't care though. But yeah, I let you know I'm, it was I'm in theaters, which I'm, is I'm the only place there. I want to see it. Yeah, I wasn't true. around in the true. '90s to be able to go see Goodfellas. I wasn't born yet. But I'm born right now. I want to see this, and I really hope it delivers. Uh, you said Netflix, right? It's working yeah. Martin Scorsese. Netflix yeah. was working with Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron, yep. sorry. Netflix is working with dead filmmakers, right? I think they had something to do with uh, <laughs> Orson Welles. Citizen Kane, right? I'm just I keep forgetting who Netflix helps with. It's, anyways, just continue. about everybody. Anyways, continue. Uh, well, that's all for our Oscars, yay or nay. If there's anything we didn't cover or anything you want us to cover in the future, leave it in the comments down below or send us an email at intercutpod at gmail.com. That's intercutpod, short for podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to the interview and answer questions Ooh. from you, the interviewer. Intercuties out there left us a few quick ones. So uh, Monkey's Head asks us, what movies or TV shows – have made us cry. I have two from last year were my two favorites of last year. Uh, I cry pretty much every time, or at least get teary-eyed. I, I see the uh, bonfire scene, let's call it, in eighth grade. Ooh. So we're we talking that recent one? movies? Well, it could be anything. I just There's two that from last year that definitely made me cry. It was that one and Minding the Gap, the yeah, whole like kind of like sequence when it becomes kind of about being... Uh, that one, that one really got me. Uh, but if we're going a little bit further back, I remember Big Fish being a big cry movie for hey, me. Is Big Fish a good movie? Because I grew up watching that movie twice in theaters. I yeah. literally the other day we were searching for trippy movies and we found Big Fish. And I, I went, think that's one of Tim Burton's best. But why do people trash it? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't revisited. Is that it in our a few hook? Years. You know, how people like really put hook up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I really, I mean, I love Pigfish, and I think it's got a really sweet father-son storyline that kind of, kind of gets up my heartstrings by the end. You got anything what, else? What about you, uh, uh, Bojack? Bojack. I mean, my classics. When I go back in the day, uh, Walk to Remember is an iconic one for me. Uh, the Dear Zachary documentary is an iconic Oof. one for me. Yeah. Uh, I am always of the big belief that if a movie makes you cry, that has to be in your top of all time. If it makes you cry. I mean, you, unless you're like a very emotional cry, but to me, if like 24 frames on the screen, 42 right. if you're Ang Lee, <laughs> or what is it, 80, 72 60. if you're Ang Lee. Yeah. Um, if, that, if that like moves you to tears. They're doing something dude, right. Dude, they're doing something right. Uh, the Impossible was probably one of the more recent additions. That one really got me, specifically the scene with the yeah, brothers. Yeah, that got a lot of Where people. the brothers finally find themselves. And it's the... the of course... We all get surprised when he does it in Avengers. I don't feel so good. He did it in The Impossible. He does this squeak with his voice when he finally sees his brother for the first time, and you truly believe that's his damn brother. That that they had, yeah, that thing really that, got yeah. So no, no, that comment reminded me of. Uh, I know you're not as big of a fan of this movie as I am. It's fine if it got you. But there's that last scene in Captain Phillips when Tom Hanks is like really? crying I'm okay. and getting sick. I'm okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is a shot. hard scene to not cry through. Whew. Because you know that's the point where you're risking an actor uh, becoming Heath Ledger. Yeah. And not being able to sleep because it's like, all right, there's acting and then there's like 
Lady Gaga performing Shallow and actually feeling those emotions for the first time coming yeah. out on stage. Um, yeah. Most recently, I would say last year, probably We the Animals got the closest. Uh, the year before that, Call Me By Your Name got the closest. The year before that, Phoenix, the ending of Phoenix Oof. got really close. Uh, but yeah. I'll even give you these. For what to look forward to this year. All right. And you know this one. Oh, man. Go for it. I, I don't... Britney runs a marathon. The ending to Britney runs a marathon, and it's very similar to the brother thing, but with friendship. Yeah, it, there's just like a, a camaraderie thing that happens towards the end, and it's just it's very heartening. It's yeah, really, really heartening. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's all. Yeah, that, I think that's that's a good amount of, of yeah. the ones here. Ryan M wants to know who is our favorite of the three amigos. I don't know if we're we're gonna do fuck Mary kill or just say who our favorite is, but you got to pick between your tios. Uh, and for me, maybe it's just because he's been on my brain, but I probably go Quaron. I, I appreciate his range and the intimacy of his stories. Children of Men is probably my favorite of any film that the three of them have made. Uh, but it's not an easy pick. Why is it not have to be Kill? <laughs> Look, I, mean, I know for a fact Guillermo's the guy you're hanging out with. If you need one person to be your friend, it's Guillermo. Like, let's, let's yeah, be honest yeah. with you. Quaron's cool. And I, and I can definitely I, hang out with Corona. I can hang out with Ingarito. Ingarito, though, is the one... If I'm, replacing, if I'm replacing you on the podcast with another Mexican... It's, it's Guillermo. Guillermo it's Guillermo del Toro. Like, yeah. if you've seen the way that man talks, that's the guy you want to hang out with. He's the big yeah. spoon. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, like, talking sexually or anything. I'm just talking, like, when you need... Like, if you wanted to hang out yeah. with someone, it's Guillermo del Toro. Dude's a film fan, film connoisseur. Yeah. He just seems like the dopest dude. The other two are cool, but it's Guillermo all the way. In terms of filmography, I'm going to be completely honest. It's Coron too. And I'm talking yeah. like really as in hits. I'm talking as in you're going to get yourself a Y Tu Mama Tambien, Harry Potter movie, Gravity, Roma. Yeah. I don't know what's next, dude. Wait, wait, yeah. Children of Men? Yeah. He, he's, that's he's that's an easy a one. Out of the three, out of the three tios, he's probably the one I'd want to talk to third <laughs> because he's already doing all the talking in his movies, I think. I love hearing Ingerito oh. talk. I love hearing yeah. Guillermo obviously talk. But the person who puts it all in his movies is him. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, Vincenzo commented, what is your favorite woke film of 2018? He listed Black Klansmen, Monsters and Men, Blindspotting, and The Hate You Give as examples. For me, uh, I enjoyed Black Klansmen a lot. I've mentioned that on this podcast several times, but it's not necessarily... Uh, the woke factors that I loved about that movie. I thought it was just kind of like a entertaining cop story in a way. Um, as Vince mentioned in his comment, Blind Spotting handles those issues with a much softer touch. I'm surprised so, how many people like it. Yeah, like it's it's definitely one of the better woke films of the year. Uh, but to me, one that he didn't mention. I dare you. Got a, I dare you. Uh, Widows. Oh, that wasn't mine. That's good. Uh yeah, we've talked a lot about that one shot, but that one shot's got some of the best commentary of the year. Oh, yeah. No, Widows Widows is probably my number two. So what's your number one? Well, no, no, no. I agree with Widows because of that one shot, but also the surprising factor between, and it's kind of weird to talk about it now, uh, the connecting factor between Liam Neeson, or not really the connecting factor, but what deteriorates the relationship. You have no, That's not yeah. in the trailers at all. That's yeah. not in anything. And you know we looked through every teaser. That was not said at all. And there's no interviews about it or anything. That's just in the movie. And you don't even know that's in the movie unless you watch it, which mm-hmm. combines it with a bunch of the other world films. But Not to mention the differing reactions that uh, Brian Tyree that they have with, and yes. Colin Farrell's character get. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry to Bother You is the best woke film because oh. there's... Hey, buddy, 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 buddy. There's only one woke film that called out other woke films. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I My man up. had the audacity to say, oh, Black Klansman? Yeah, but you, did y'all know, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, only one movie uh, was only daring enough to movie. be a comedy that's pro-union. Uh, and it that, called that's... out... Black Klansman, yeah. uh, that's crazy. You're right, you're right. It's Sorry to Bother You. And there's so many things in Sorry to Bother You as well that I can continue getting through. I've talked about the rap song, the Just yeah, Black yes. We've talked. There's so many things in Sorry to Bother You. I honestly think Sorry to Bother... I was about to sound like, Sorry to Bother You should be in my top three. It is, it is, it is. Yeah. Like, that. the, the Tessa Thompson character Alone. is just kind of like... Yeah, in the background no, no, no. doing this, all this. This, uh, Tessa Thompson character's earrings are the <laughs> new Sorry to Bother You knuckles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do the right thing, knuckles. What did I say? Howard say, sorry to bother you, Knuckles. Oh, because they are the sorry to bother you, Knuckles. <laughs> Howard say, what? Asked us a pretty intricate question. When films start to become a direct depiction of reality, then when does cinema stop being cinema? As films are becoming more political than ever, it feels like the cinematic dramas are shadowed by politics. So this is something that I, I see every now and then from people talking about, like, why are movies so political mm-hmm. or, you know, can a movie, you know, be entertainment and be political? I think, you know, we've had a long history of political films. I think Black Klansman does a good job of talking about the birth of a nation's history. As I think birth of a nation enter- does a good job at talking about how we've been doing <laughs> political films. Yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, there's definitely been a uh, political commentary. I think there's like an immediacy to recent films, the way that, Blind yes, spotting and yes, monsters. actually, you're right, yes. There's an immediacy, and there's also just the internet reaction that allows yes. us to see how much more political our films look than in 1977 when they were just as political. I've always said this. People disagree with me of everything being political. You're just not agreeing with it. And then some people, like, bring up a movie, and they're like, how is this political? I was like, because it, it literally is. It's just not. Yeah. You confuse politics. Like, being nice is a politic, in a sense. <laughs> No, right, like literally, right. like everything. Everything is political. Yeah, me sense. letting so you borrow my phone. Radical. All of a sudden, I'm a communist, as opposed right. to you having to get your own phone. So I'm a capitalist. Like, yeah, everything's gonna find intricacies there. But like you said, the immediacy of it is why we have no time to even reflect on the scenario before Patriots Day is out. Yeah, and stronger. Uh, is and out. you know, to me, I think that's ultimately going to be interesting in how that affects audiences. I think you could have something like. Uh, 13th was that documentary that came out during the election that by Ava DuVernay and had a fairly strong anti-Trump message in it. You also look at Black Klansman, it's also very strong anti-Trump. Whether or not these pieces of entertainment are widely seen enough to maybe like have an impact on the culture, I don't know. Uh, but it, that immediacy, as entertainment continues to move quicker and quicker, I'm really curious to see uh, how much more entertainment will become part of our political discussions like get out you know i like get out yeah, as a part yeah. of our political discussions that will be brought Absolutely. up in the that will be brought up in debates of being yeah. get out and stuff that's a whole podcast uh, worth right there yeah <laughs> yeah so uh make sure to leave us a question in the youtube comments or again by emailing us at intercutpod at gmail.com to get it featured on the next show you can also reach out to us on twitter on Facebook or on Instagram. Our handle is at intercutpod on all three. That's intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast. Be intercutie and send us your movie, TV, and entertainment questions. Uh, but we should get to the new to see. Did someone not know that's what podcast is? Like, why do you keep 
Did someone tell you? Maybe I'm saying like intercut pot. I don't know. Oh, okay. You gotta. I gotta be clear for the for intercut the listeners pot. at home. Yeah, we we can't, we can't talk about our marketing, <laughs> our merchandise until it's fully grown. Uh, out in theaters this weekend, a Medea family funeral, Greta, Climax, Art's favorite film, Transit, The Wedding Guest. Have you Apo- finished? Sorry, I stopped. <laughs> and finished. Apollo Eleven, which uh, actually is one of your more it's something that you enjoyed. Uh, do you want to talk about Climax? What were the other ones you had mentioned? So I can start off with something good. A Medea family funeral. <laughs> and what else? Uh, you liked Apollo Eleven. Oh, Apollo Eleven was cute. It's fine. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's all right. Shit. Climax <laughs> is trash. <laughs> Have you seen yeah, it? I haven't, but it's the new film from Gaspar No. I want to say this debuted at Cannes like last year. Yeah, and it was at TIFF for a little bit. And, yeah. And um, so Zach and I watched this movie called House. After Sundance, <laughs> and we were watching it with a couple of friends who y'all met pre- at the Sundance uh, podcast. Yeah, our, our I hated studio it. audience. I hated that movie so much. I was physically uncomfortable. Um, I was physically nauseous for this one. I hated it so much. I told him uh, I just couldn't handle it. I was ready to just walk out, stop it, and it's not for me. It's not for me. So is this the one that has like 3D porn scenes in it? There's 3D porn. Or is that I seen 3D? Or is that his last movie? Love. Yeah, that would have been Love, where the love okay. is spelled in semen. Yeah, it's probably yeah. that one, Zach. It's probably okay, that okay. one. Cool. So I think that gives you a good picture of this, the. Uh, kind I'll, I'll of tell you filmmaker. what this is. Uh, this is Mother, without any metaphors, in my opinion. All right. So uh, not exactly an endorsement for of me. Climax some of y'all, well, I'll put it to you this way. Remember how many people disagree with me with Suspiria? That's a great movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. New to streaming on Netflix March 1st, a whole bunch of new movies like A Clockwork Orange, Apollo 13, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hurt Locker. Uh, I should have said old new movies, I guess. And also the debut of Chuetel Ejiofor's directorial debut, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, Oy. one of the movies that Sundance, we skipped yeah. at Sundance because we knew it was coming out soon, so... Uh, no need to really get an advance. March 3rd, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj returns. And then on March 5th, Disney's Christopher Robin is on Netflix. Uh, th- this was a popular topic in the group chat this week. I, and I realized, I was like, why is everyone watching Christopher? Because it was nominated for visual effects. Yeah, everyone was trying yeah. to finish them. Uh, actually, no, I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end. Go ahead. Keep going. All right. HBO Go on March 1st, the... Two Dope Queens Season 2 finale. I think it's also the series finale. My Friend Dahmer and Stratton, as well as some not-so-new releases like The Devil Wears Product, Grudge, The Knock uh, Knock, and Weekend at Bernie's. Then on March, March 2nd, HBO gets Skyscraper, the Dwayne Johnson action movie. Then on March 3rd and 4th, they debut of the four-hour Michael Jackson abuse Damn, documentary, already. Leaving Neverland. Uh, this is another one that made big waves at Sundance. We didn't see it at Sundance because that sounded like it was not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I've heard about this is it's a harrowing movie and it kind of makes you indisputably think uh, that he did some bad things. Well, you think so? so? You think that's the way it's going to go? We're going to have an interesting talk about this one. But I'm so glad we're watching it at home. Yeah. Not the five-hour with intermission screening that they had at Sundance, which I've never yeah. understood. Congratulations, yeah. you saw it early. We're all watching it a month later. 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, and I haven't read much about it. I'm just, that's my general vibe. you think it's going to have, well, I mean, it can't have R. Kelly impact, but surviving R. Kelly uh, waves, I guess? I don't know. In terms I mean, of people he, discussing it? Uh, he's kind of a, he's a huge icon, so. He's passed, too, so, like, what's the what's the biggest hit that Michael can take? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On Hulu, on March 1st, a bunch of movies, including American Beauty, Batman Begins, JFK, and Office Space. Uh, don't normally mention this, but NBC, a couple shows are coming back for their second seasons on March 3rd. Good Girls, the show with Retta, uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know her. Uh, shoot. There's a couple of their actors. Retta, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on March 7th, AP Bio is returning for a second season with Glenn Howerton and Patton Oswalt. On Prime Video, a bunch of old new movies, including Black Sheep, Boomerang, Double Jeopardy, and Nacho Libre, and a whole bunch of new TV show or old TV shows available. Boston Legal, seasons one through five, Little House on the Prairie, seasons one through nine, The Practice, seasons one through nine, and the first season of the Amazon original series, The Widow. Uh, then finally, new to VOD, The Clover Hitch Killer, Vox Lux, Free Solo, Of Fathers and Sons, Ben is Back, Instant Family, The Favorite, Aquaman, Burning, Creed 2, and Chasing Bullet. A whole bunch of movies. Did they all come out the same week in theaters? I don't know. I I think Uh, it's this like post-Oscars dump. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean. They were all waiting. Yeah, right. I mean, so a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of people were catching up with Free Solo recently. I was one of those people. But uh, Fathers and Sons is another one that's available to rent and was nominated for an Oscar. It's a very good movie. Uh, I need to catch up with Creed 2. I didn't see that one. I need to catch up with Burning. I didn't see that one. Do I need to catch up with Aquaman? No. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Art, what is your pick for the week? All right. So I got a, I got a lot. In some yeah. of our discussions, but I do have one pick of the week in case this whole jumbling makes no sense. <laughs> um, TV shows. Have you seen Black Monday? No, I haven't. I think it's this really... This is uh, Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle's in it. Showtime show... Um, they're doing a big push for the finale, I think, at South by. Uh, my brother pitched it to me. He says you got to check out the show. It's about the black market, the Black Monday that happened at the at the black market at the stock market. Yeah. Um, and I guess how that came to be. My brother's like, you got to watch it. First episode's okay, but that ending. That ending. I'm very curious what the show is about. I'll leave it to you at that. I think that's the best pitch for it. You think All you're right, getting cool. something, and then the ending happens, and you realize, oh, there's something bigger going on. Um, uh, there was another thing that I started watching on HBO. What did I start watching on HBO? You know. True Detective. Yes, I did. (laughs) I love how you just knew. Uh, True Detective Season 3. I started watching it. We got three episodes in. Is it? Into it? Is it just Season 1? I mean, there's a lot of similarities to Season 1, but, you know, a little condensed and a little less trippy. When do you, when did you get into it? Right away or when? Four or five. Okay. I liked one. Four or five really picked it up. Six and seven really picked it up. Eight. Okay. Dropped it a little bit. Well, thank you. Because I'm at three right now. So that means I'm not at four or five yet. And I think that explains a little bit. It's interesting, though. I think Mahershala is giving a pretty good performance. However, we read and came up with a theory. And I kind of read up ahead in the end, which I I don't think is going to be true. Um, (laughs) I guess I can say it, right, if it's not really true. Yeah, I mean, the, I'll tell you the show has ended for me, so I can tell you. Yeah, Well, there's a theory that made the show so much better, and it was never going to live up to it. It was never going to live up to it. 
I hate when that What's happens. That? No, I'll tell you afterwards because it's a little bit. All right. Um, but let me get to the Netflix side of things. Uh, did we talk about Russian Doll? Yeah, we good. Talked we about can it talk about big... it again because it's that good. I saw Russian Doll the entirety of it a second time, and I am yeah. so tempted. And I say this because I know the people who listen here really care about the stuff that we do on our other channels. Um, I was so tempted to. I had I had done the Russian Doll video, and I said no, 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 no. no. I realized there were so many spinning things from the Russian Doll video. And I realized, what if I made five Russian Doll videos that covered different perspectives, the ending, the whole regular let me explain, the theories, the background to it, and I just pretended like each video was just like a, listen, I, I feel like I've been here before, and like that's say, it felt like I'm trapped within the same video. Um, right. Because there, I'm telling you right now, there are some genius things, and I'll put it to you this way. Did you know things start disappearing in the first episode? I'll leave it to you at that and continue talking as if that didn't mean anything from the beginning. Continue watching that show. What I did see, however, was Gianni Versace. Again, none of these are recommendations, but they're things that I've seen that I feel are worth talking about. Did you see Gianni Versace? I have not, but I've been getting this recommendation a lot recently because it just popped up on Netflix. People are really liking it. So you're getting good recommendations. Yeah, you're not liking it? No, I think it's a very enthralling show. I just asked the 13 Reasons question again, and I don't know if I've just been hanging out with too many political people, but I almost went... It's a very interesting show because the whole show is told in reverse. That was something that was yeah. not disclosed to me, so I had yeah, no idea. it's kind idea. of memento-ish. I had no idea that was a thing. You start off with the assassination, and you go all the way back to like how this man was born, the person who assassinated yeah. him, because uh, there was more than one people. It's not just the assassination of Versace. It's a whole thing. But he is the main thing that it tells you every episode ends. Yes, there are liberties because none of these murders were recorded. And that's all we're showing you is what led up to every single murder. Yeah. I don't know. Is he an icon? Are they making him an icon? This is a discussion that needs to be had later. That's all I will say. I'm very curious to know your thoughts on Gianni Versace because I went into it thinking I was going to be as enthralled as I was with OJ, but maybe I had an OJ doc to soften the blow going into it. Did not have anything here, and the guy really disgusted me. We were also talking about the actor who also said from Glee that he wasn't going to be any more gay roles, and people said, mm -hmm. huh, after you won the awards for gay roles, huh? <laughs> so it's an interesting discussion that should be had, but it's yeah. not a bad show. Interesting, interesting. So I might have to catch up with that one. I heartily recommend Russian Doll. I'll jump on your True Detective thing and saying that now that I've finished the third season, I did enjoy it. Um, I don't know if he quite stuck the landing. A little, a little bit of it turned out to be the mystery all along was the friends we made this way. You know what? It, 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 it's just like don't tell me. That. I don't know. I don't know. There, there are cool moments. I like the mystery of it. I, I think it wasn't as good as the first season, even though there are elements of it that I liked more, okay. particularly that, that Mahershala Ali performance. Stephen Dorff, also very good on the show. Uh, the thing that I'm going to recommend, just because, you know, these are probably the last time they'll get recommended, are some of the Oscar short films. Uh, you pointed out to me that the Oscars YouTube channel uploaded all of them. Dude, no one like paid attention day. to me. I sent it to so many people, and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, bro, these are the Oscar short films. There are some really good stuff in there. Right, like they are the presumably the five best short films are in each on of these there. categories per year. Uh, so, you know, I would say go over to that channel and t watch some. I really like Weekends, the animated short. Yes. I thought uh, Black Sheep and Was it good? Period End of Sentence were both excellent documentary shorts. Period End of the, Sentence being on Netflix as well, so. 
yeah. Uh, so th- there's no excuse. You can definitely check out some good, good short films, and they're really easy to watch. Yo, did you see? And I already forget what it is. Late afternoon. That was the one that I had recommended you guys because I had been watching. I know. I know. Zach and I went to go see a play uh, starring uh, Sire Lucas Hedges because uh, I needed to see for myself if he was that bad live. I've mentioned this before. The play is called Waverly Gallery. It's about a woman who has um, Alzheimer's. Or Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, so she's losing it a bit. But like really the biggest thing that you got is like how sad and repetitive it could be and how just everyone talks loud and how Lucas Hedges can't act. But what I really got out of what that play was really trying to push, and that was a play by, uh, what's his name, Manchester writer, director. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Bro, Kenneth Lonergan should have watched Late Afternoon. A big shout out to the people who made Late Afternoon. I find this channel because I'm trying to search for everything. Uh, Zach had, had a couple of screeners that he sent our way and then I found this and I sent them back that way. Dude, this thing... We, start, we watched a couple. Uh, we sit and watch this. Alina was drenched in tears. I was trying Ooh. so hard not to cry. So this should have been mentioned a little bit earlier, too. Yeah, answer um, earlier, yeah. This thing is a masterpiece. I don't. I, I started thinking, I was like, how do you make this into a feature film? And then I realized, no, because then I'm the dick who's like, oh, this would be really great if it was a short It's perfect as it is right now. It's about this woman who has dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh, I, I'm not really sure if they say. And it's how she fades into past memories. And that's what she's mumbling. And, Interesting. And, oh my gosh, the way it would cut from like her meeting her love to being in the bathtub because they were at the beach. That's my recommendation of the week. It's on YouTube, awesome. bro. It's on YouTube. Awesome. So yeah, definitely check out those short films. All of the documentary shorts, animated shorts, mm-hmm. live action shorts the are best available. Best Picture Green Book. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so those are our picks for the week, but that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at Zshevich, or Instagram and Letterboxd, also at Zshevich. And you can check out my YouTube channel. channel. Multiflex! I uploaded a video yesterday, woke up in the morning, I said, honey, the paper's here. <laughs> that's YouTube.com slash Multiplex, Joe. Um, I, I put in my predictions uh, so that video might not be super relevant, but there's more stuff coming. Hey, I promise. Hey, I knew a year of promoting it would get you there. I knew <laughs> it. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Just took a year. Uh, you can listen to or, or you, you do your. Yeah, you can find first. me at the A to Z show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Let me explain. You can find me chilling courtside, Madison Square Garden with <laughs> Spike Lee. When you're not finding me here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed, not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well, here on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Find new episodes of Intercut every week, sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Tuesdays. Who knows when this one's up? Uh, please leave us a comment, like the video, consider head, consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star review, Ooh. and uh, like us on Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter pages, all of them are at IntercutPod to get updates from us throughout the week. It was a great place to check in with our thoughts on the Oscars. I was retweeting stuff from us, from Chase, from other people, so it's a good outlet if you want to stay up to date with our film commentary. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, you like me. You really like me. Why'd my camera die now? That's good. It died literally. That's that's the ending right there.
It's you like that you really li- it dies and then just black audio of you saying that. That's the ending. 